Good morning. Happy Thursday, listeners. We're back. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I'm Julie. He's Corey. And if you're looking for direction on how to be a more successful entrepreneur, then this is the show for you. Today's show, we have a guest. It's Scott Miller. He's a capping off a 25-year career where he served as a chief marketing officer and executive vice president of business development at um, Franklin Covey's business. He also now serves as a senior advisor on thought leadership, leading the strategy and development of the firm's speak the firm Speakers Bureau. That's a mouthful right there. He has podcasts. Um, he also works on their publication of podcasts, webcasts, and best-selling books. He hosts On Leadership with Scott Miller, the world's largest and fast-growing leadership podcast, which sounds really important. That sounds like a big deal. And it re- that podcast reaches more than 6 million people in a week. That's a lot of people. In addition, Scott authors a leadership column for Inc.com and is the best-selling author of the Mess to Success series. And he's been on BizQuick podcast, our podcast twice, season one, episode 11, and he was our season opener. On, he was our season opening guest on season three. Hey, Corey. Wow, that was a lot. That was a lot of words. That was a lot of words. I didn't think you were actually going to read that entire thing. Yeah, right? I, once I got into it, I just kept rolling. But for Scott, I, you know, I think that makes sense. He's Worthy. the record holder for uh, most guest appearances on anything that we do. That's true. Well, so. actually, I think hasn't Callie been Callie Keen been on our podcast twice and also been oh, on, uh, yes. And Callie and Callie's about to be on our podcast a third time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Scott better pick up that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, you want to be the winner with this quiz. Yes, you do. So let's jump into some business let's and jump into some business. I'm I'm angry. I know. And I'm going to play off of that. Okay. You're heated this morning. I am. Heated. Are you not heated, though? I don't get heated about I don't know. I it was very early this morning. And the first thing that you said when I walked in was we need to have a talk. And I'm just like, <laughs> I did. Qual- I did. I did. I did qualify it though. I know this isn't, this isn't a Julian Corey talk. Yes. But <laughs> it's like, come on, it's eight 30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. That's fine. But anyway, so let's talk about uh, why so many new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, why people fail. And I think the number one reason um, not the number one reason, a top reason, let's say that, Yeah, is the lack of accountability, mm. the lack of personal accountability, holding themselves accountable, doing what, they're, what they say they're going to do. Because we had an incident this week and um, somebody said they were going to do something and that thing basically didn't happen. It was a big deal for us. Big deal. Yeah. On a couple of levels, personal accountability. I like where you're going. I'm like, damn, you hit it right there, right there. You went right there, Corey. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm curious for our listeners because our listeners are, you know, obviously um, entrepreneurs or small business owners, how they deal with accountability. Like listeners, how do you, what do you do to hold yourself accountable? I mean, Corey, we once hired a consultant who we were paying thousands of dollars a month to, who called me to ask me why I'm so successful at accountability, personal accountability, and how could I help her get better at it? We were paying this woman and she asked us about accountability. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't understand it because it, it's, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it, but people 
have a hard time saying no. They don't want to let other people down. They, all of these things out there that, that just lead to like dropping the ball, which mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like I, I put too much on my plate. I say, I'm going to do things by a certain date, but if I don't hit them, I just own it. I'm like, you know, sorry, missed that date. Let's mm-hmm. set a new one. Here's the reason why it doesn't make an excuse for, you know, why I didn't do it. But it's also in my mind, cause we've had this conversation before where what I prioritize in my days often doesn't line up with what your priorities are. So like if we're looking at something that's on, we have that weekly task tracker Mm -hmm. and something that's been sitting on there for a while. And you're like, how come you haven't done this? And I'm like, well, honestly, I didn't think it was that, that important. Like my priority, it wasn't one of my priorities. Mm -hmm. I was working on other things, but for you, it was a priority. And, And for us, it's, we need to, especially, I mean, with everything going on, we just need to be better about saying this is a priority. Yeah, and and, I, I, and, and getting and getting buy-in from the person that's supposed to do that work yes, as well. Yeah, right. And I think you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know if you know this, right? But I think you know one of the reasons that you know I, it just like one of the reasons that you literally are like one of my very favorite people in the entire world is because in our entire existence of knowing each other there has only been one instance of you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it like you keep your word your word means something and i know that i know if you tell me we're going to do something or if you say yeah i'll get that done i know it'll get done eventually i know like when i'm like hey do you want to go to the gun range or do you want to go golfing and you're like yes i know we're going to go like i don't worry about you no showing i don't worry about you blowing something off i don't i i know you have the world's worst memory and sometimes you need a reminder but typically i don't even have to remind you of things but i just think that you know I have very high personal accountability, very high. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. And if I give you my word and you, the royal you, you have my word. I I will do it. So, and my number one core value is loyalty. So when somebody screws you over, it is really fucking hard for me to move past it. Sure. And enough about us. Let's talk about the business owners that are out there who let's do it, who are lacking accountability or want to grow, um, improve, become more accountable. Like how, how to, like, how do you, where would you start? Let's say, let's say somebody in your network, I don't know, said that they were going to hire you to do some work and then just, you know, you put a ton of effort into building this, this proposal, this work that, you know, to, to, to get their, their business. And then they turn around like, oh yeah, I'm just not going to pay you. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty dick maneuver right there. And, um, that feels, that feels fresh. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just, it's a hy- hypothetical. Yeah, all right. Just okay. hypothetically speaking, let's say that happened this week. Um, yeah. What, what would you say to somebody who, just like who does that? I mean, like to, and, and I'm mean, hypothetically speaking, we're not, this isn't directed at a person. Right. Hypothetically, I just want to take my ball and go home and say, fuck you. And sure. end the relationship. But, but let's, uh, and that, that's totally understandable. But let's say that person then wanted to, uh, they, they wanted to make it up. Like, how do, you, how would you help them become more accountable in terms of like owning up to what they say they're going to do? I, I don't, this is a really tough one because I think, 
like accountability. Um, I think having accountability comes from doing difficult things, right? Committing, like you have to be able to, I don't think you can be accountable to somebody else if you can't really be accountable to yourself, right? So if I can't keep my word to myself, how could I ever possibly keep it to somebody else, right? So it starts with yourself and that starts with, you know, it it could be something as simple as I'm going to, I'm just gonna pick something really silly. I'm going to read 10 pages every day. Right. And then you have you just keep that word to yourself and you honor it. You honor it until it just becomes it's ingrained in you. Right. And then you find something harder and you just more and more like build that resiliency that makes you that helps you to become more accountable. You're accountable to yourself. And honestly, like a lot of times accountability has it, it means having difficult conversations, doing hard things, right? Like Corey, I will have, if I tell you I'm going to have X done and it, it's important for our business and I'm don't prior, I don't manage my time. Well, I, I have two choices. I either have to, I have three choices. I have to call you and say, yo, I need your help. Words. Neither one of us are very good at saying, sure. <laughs> I have to, forego sleep to actually get it done when I said I was going to get it done. Or I I just have to communicate and ask for an extension. Like, hey, I, I'm going to get it done, but I need an extra day. Right. So you have to have a hard conversation somewhere along the line. And most people would just rather avoid that hard conversation. Yeah. Which I just don't understand because it doesn't help anything. Oh. It doesn't fix anything. And, and for instance, one of the problems that I'm dealing with right now, we're building out the, the restaurant. One of the mm-hmm. problems is we, we have these people who are basically, I'm just going to say yes, men who, mm-hmm. Hey, can you get this done? Yeah. We'll get that done this week. Yeah. We'll get that done. We'll get that done. And then you're like, well, why, how, how come it hasn't gotten done? Oh, well, you know, we're waiting on this one piece where we're like, oh, damn COVID or like <laughs> all of these things. And it's just like, stop saying yes. If you can't get it done, that's fine. We like, I've, um, ha- have one of the walk-ins in the restaurant and it's like, we need to get this thing cleaned out. They're storing a bunch of shit in there. It was like, we need to get this cleaned out so that the draft guys, the, when they come to install all of the equipment in the walk-in, they can. Cause, and yesterday st- sitting there, I look, look in the, um, uh, in the walk-in and it's still full of everything that's not supposed to be in there. So I just, I cleaned it out. I put it right in the middle of the space so that there's no way around it that they like somebody has to deal with this thing. But again, I'm just like that for weeks we've been saying when this thing's needed to get cleaned out and they never did. And it, it's just frustrating. And that's for me, like one of the reasons, like the problem that I have is that I put too much on my plate is that they're not doing their job. So screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do all of the work because everybody else is an idiot. Right. Even though you're paying someone else to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I, so it's frustrating. People are, I, I don't, you know, a lot of people aren't just, just don't care. They don't put in, they don't, they don't have that care about the the quality of their work or whatever. But honestly, I would say that, um, you know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs fail, not just because of, uh, well, maybe this is a personal accountability thing as well in that it's so easy to blame everyone else for your problems. Right. Right. So there is, and I, you know, you know, listeners, how many of you have seen this viral post on Facebook about 
being an entrepreneur is hard, right? It is literally, it, um, it talks about the, um, being an entrepreneur is it's, it's called the unfortunate truth of owning and running a business. And it starts with running a business is really hard. No shit. I'm a hundred percent positive. Every person who started a business knew it was hard before they started it. And then it goes on to talk about what they don't tell you when you own a business is that, that um, it can cause severe stress and anxiety. Do you, how many people do you think actually don't know that when they start a business? I think a lot of people out there who start a business have no idea what they're getting into. I, I, I do think that there's a ton of people out there who think that, oh, this is going to be fun. It's, <laughs> I'm going to be the boss and everybody like, no, it's, it's not. I mean, it is fun. There's a lot of great things about it, but it, I mean, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hours and yeah, it, it's extremely stressful. Yeah. Well, right. So, you know, there, it, it just, it's just this viral post. That's basically like this whole, like, well, woe is me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a business owner and it's really hard. And I'm like, okay. And like, <laughs> you sound weak as fuck when you post stuff like that. Like, sure. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And the, 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 the funny story that I had, this was not too long ago. I you know, went in for my regular checkup with my doctor and comes back and blood pressure is a little high. And, and she, she's like, yeah, you know, your blood pressure is high. And I'm like, no shit. I could have told you that I can feel it. Like right now <laughs> I'm stressed out with like everything going on. Tell me something better or something I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, uh, but, but how's my heart? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then she's like, well, what do you do to relax? And I'm like, you know, I have some drinks at the end of the night. She's like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. She's like, what else do you use? So, you know, I was like, well, smoking always always feel like, well, can't do that. But I almost got my doctor to sign off and me, start smoking again. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's a no. Wow. We're, I mean, I think we're already severely running that risk just by you opening a restaurant. Yeah, no. You're going to jump, jump back into that. But all right. So uh, accountability reason entrepreneur fail let's let's switch topics just a little bit in anticipation of scott joining us after the break and i would love to talk to you about um you know the title of our show this week is what the hell is thought leadership and i know scott's going to tell us when he when he jumps in after the break but Corey, what is that just some fancy buzzword I I genuinely want to know the answer to that because that, that's the name of the shit's night. This is what thought leadership is. That's not the title of our show. It is not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'll be excited to talk to Scott about that. But what do you think it is? Well, or what does it mean to you? I, I don't. I you know, so, okay. So I love the concept of thought leadership. I hate how um, social media is able to so quickly destroy something by making it, you know, a just very, very like overly used phrase. Um, I think thought leadership is, I don't know. I mean, my guess is that it's people that are, you know, leaders who think a lot. (laughs) I I, I mean, that that as silly as that sounds, that could, I mean, that makes sense in in terms of not just like just being, uh, I hate the word mindful and I've got a great story for 
the news later on that, but just being aware of what you're doing and thinking through your actions. And for me, especially in, in just in everything, and when I'm analyzing what's going on in the news or thinking about a new policy that we're going to put in place in the uh, in in the restaurant, the first thing that I always think about is how like what how are people going to react to this? It's not like like my intention is I want I want this thing to occur, but are people going to push back? Are they do I have to get buy in? Are they not going to be motivated? Are they going to try like try and screw screw me in another way because like certain things are going on so that the I, in my mind, like when I'm th- if I'm going to think about thought leadership, it's just uh, going Being it's, a thoughtful leader. Well, no, just thinking about how it's going to affect the people like how your actions affect the people. I I actually think it has to do with like innovative thinking is my guess, but I don't know. And I'm so excited for Scott to join us. So um, I think we will learn a lot in this episode. And as always, Scott is, Scott is such a blast. He's a, he's a, he is a fun guy. And if I I always say people should uh, follow him on social media because um, he's, I want to ask him about his, his, um, money that he paid his children to stop using um, filler words. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and if we have time, we'll get into that, but sure. And for our listeners out there, if you're not awake yet, get ready for Scott. He's, he's a big ball of energy. He has, you won't need caffeine. Yes. All right. We will see you after the break. Hey everybody. It's Corey and Julie from defeat the chaos. Our show on the voice America business channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. <laughs> yeah. Scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone, the Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel.
Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We um, are excited to have Scott Miller on the show. He's going to hopefully tell us what thought leadership is, because I'm pretty sure Julie and I butchered it before the break there. So welcome to the show, Scott. Corey, good morning. Julie, thank you for having me back on today. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for uh, thanks for saying yes. So let's get right to it. What is thought leadership? Well, I think before the break, I mean, you did a really good stab at it, right? You said, you know, leaders who think a lot. I think that's probably some truth to that. Uh, I think mostly it's about what expertise do you have that other people need to know that you have and the expectation that they might follow you or see you as a influential provider of services and such. I think it's important that nobody calls themselves a thought leader. That kind of diminishes your credibility, kind of like you can't call yourself an expert, but someone else can. But I might take it a step further, and I would say that I think thought leadership is the new public relations. You know, Corey and Julie, for you know a century, most organizations, mid to large size companies, had a public relations department, and their job was to you know, point the proverbial megaphone at every local TV, radio, print, newspaper, magazine reporter and try to talk about their new product launch, their new acquisition or something that they were doing. And that worked really well for a century. And then, you know, a decade plus ago, all those newsrooms started to lay off their staff and there aren't any reporters anymore. No one's, you know, no one's covering the groundbreaking new product launch or the new acquisition. There's no one there to report on it. So organizations that are savvy, even if you're a small small business, they're now creating thought leadership and they're distributing it out to people who need to know about it, whether it be through a blog or a webcast or a podcast or a radio program or a LinkedIn column, whatever it is. Thought leadership is identifying what do you have unique expertise on? Have you paid the price? Have you done the research? Do you have a differentiating point of view that someone else needs to know about so that they can identify you as a thought leader and over time hopefully come to find you as a trusted source and perhaps hire or even um, you know engage the use of your services and I'll tell you Julie Corey I think there's a misnomer that you have to be you know Pfizer to have thought leadership or Franklin Covey no you can own a barbershop you can own a floral business you can, you know, be in any kind of business because you have expertise that others need to know about. You just have to point that megaphone directly at the people you think need to know and then feed them your expertise on a consistent basis so that they come to identify you as a trusted thought leader. The one word that you you said in there that I really stuck out to me that is the one that I was going to use as well is that differentiator. Like, how do you differentiate yourself from your competition or from all of the noise out there? Because with social media and the news and twenty four hours of of just information bombarding everybody, you need to you need to separate yourself from that group. And and like you said, the uh, the, the kind of ebbs and flows of business where PR doesn't really exist in business anymore. And, and I, I believe that's usually the first department that gets cut when you're trying to save money. Um, and it, it just disappeared. And it was like, oh, we can just throw social media out there. But if it's too vanilla, if it's too broad, if it's just boring, you're not going to reach the people that you want to reach. And you can't show people that you are an expert in whatever it is that you sell or produce. Corey, I would even take that a step further. Nicely said. It isn't just even so much what 
you are passionate about. You've got to make sure that your thought leadership solves a problem that clients have or know they have, right? You've got to be able to speak their language. You've got to identify what is the circumstance, your target market, ideally your smallest viable market, not your total addressable market. What problem is your potential client base having? What are they calling it? And then can you bring to bear, to quote you, right, a unique point of view that is piercing and insightful and relevant and gets their attention, not just sort of boring HBR level pablum, but perhaps delivered in a way that is resonant with your personality and your brand and perhaps, you know, shocks people in in a positive, responsible way to paying attention to you. So I think when you determine what you want your brand to be and someone else identifies you as a thought leader, you do not call yourself a thought leader. Let someone else call you a thought leader <laughs> I think it's vital that you continue to produce, I, I use the word provocative in a responsible way, right? Provocative insights where others start to pay attention. And because of your discipline, focus, and cadence, they come to expect it. They come to look for your Monday afternoon article on LinkedIn. They come to look for your weekly podcast where you're sharing a specific point of view, not all things to all people. And it takes some thought and careful curation, but it should be a combination of what you're passionate about, what you have expertise about, and what your target market is trying to get done or solve. Mm, I That's so important, the responsible posting, the provocative, but having it be responsible. I think there's such a, there are so many people who irrespons- irresponsibly post, or even it just takes one person, right? They, they post something and everybody is sharing it out across their networks and it's not even it's 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 inaccurate or it's only a partial truth or something but that more importantly as you know as business owners right or leaders inside of an organization when you are posting something on social media or writing a blog or hosting a podcast whatever it may be that finding the the differentiator going to uh, publishing that out, but doing it in your own unique voice. Right. And that's one of the things it took Corey and I a really long time to realize that our biggest, one of our biggest edges, you know, in beyond the experience, the vast amount of experience we have with small businesses is our voice and our interpretation of what it's like inside of a small business. Right. We sort of, we kind of sheltered our, our voice and and tried to sound like everybody else for a very long time. And it's only fairly recently that we've really just started to embrace that we're, we're a little nuts, but we're, you know, but, but, but with a good heart and a big brain. And I think mission accomplished, Corey, you and Julie take, for example, the brand you've built with me. We've never met in person. I've been privileged to be a guest on your podcast, I think a couple of times and now on your radio program. And my impression of you, my impression of your brand and your reputation is responsible fun. You're witty, you're engaging, you're provocative, but you're respectful, you're on time, you make and keep promises, you always do what you say you're going to do. And so I tune in and I follow you on social and I would recommend anyone in my world if they wanted to engage your services because my my experience with you has been consistent, not erratic, consistent. So I think you all are a great model of creating thought leadership that is responsibly provocative because you get my attention. I think of you, I think of fun, engaging, competent experts. And for me, that, that actually breaks out from the crowd. You know, Julie talked about social media. 
like a lot of thought leaders, I've got a pretty strong social media presence across five or six platforms, and I curate it very carefully. I use my social media no different than I do if I was speaking in front of an audience of 40,000 people. And every one of them could come up to me after the speech and talk to me face to face. So I'm careful about not, I'm careful about the battles that I take on. I'm careful about the fights that I pick. I'm careful about the, the, the trolls and the hooks that I don't fall, you know, victim to. I'm quite responsible about not taking people's bait and kill them with kindness, but be very clear on what my position is. So I think social media can be a phenomenal tool. I think it gets a bit of a bad rap because, like you said, there are a lot of people that are, you know, that are promoting lies and using it to take people down. You know, I'm an energy infuser, just like Julie, you and Corey are. I want you to feel better about yourself when you're around me. I want you to come to me for wisdom, not just smarts, because not all smart people are wise. But in my experience, all wise people are smart, smart. And if you're going to build a brand as a thought leader, you want to be balancing your wisdom with your smarts and kind of what your voice is. And I think you all have done a nice job as a model of that. And how? Thank you, Scott. That oh. was, we really appreciate those kind That's of things. Thank you. Genuine. Thank you, Julie, for acknowledging <laughs> that. <laughs> I just wanted to jump to the next question. I know. We That's so what we'll, see, Corey, that's the value uh, uh, Julie brings to this duo. You know that. Oh, yes. I'm well aware of that. But I'm like, <laughs> we only have so many minutes with Scott. <laughs> we gotta. We still have to be, express gratitude, Corey. Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> we can send him a card. Uh, <laughs> just but, send money. Keep your card. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but awesome. so when you're, you're talking about the provocative posts, if you're trying to, you, cause you need to capture everybody's attention, where, where is the line drawn between having that wise provocative post and having just that garbage clickbait? Well, uh, this may sound convenient, but it's a bit different for each person based on what kind of brand they're trying to build. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a certain politician, you know exactly what you're doing and you're willing to alienate, you know, 50% of your potential audience because you only need 51%. And so it depends what kind of business you're in, what kind of brand you're building, what your end in mind is. I mean, to that point, Corey, when I coach people about their thought leadership and their brand and their reputation, I, I, I really push on them. What is your long-term vision? Not as your one month or one post or five post vision. What, what do you want to look like, be like, sound like three, four, five years from now, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 quote followers from now? What do you want that to look like? And how are you building a deliberate, intentional path to get there? How often do you post? What kind of value is it? Is it all just articles on LinkedIn or is it a variety of things? I'll tell you, Julia, you know this because we're friends on social as well. You know, I, I, might, I might write an extraordinary column for Inc. Magazine or interview one of the biggest celebrities in the world, you know, Matthew McConaughey or Deepak Chopra or Will Smith, and I post it on my LinkedIn. And, you know, I might get a, a nice level of engagement. And then on a weekend, I'll post a photograph of one of my three sons dancing to Pitbull on my dining room table, but, you, know, um, you, know, you know, doing, doing the dance, and it will blow up on LinkedIn. And I'll share some pithy thought around, you know, we're headed to mass, but we thought we would get out our demons beforehand or something funny like that. And so I'm quite intentional around letting people see all sides of my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the successes, the failures. When a book crushes it that I write, I post about it. When a book flops, 
that I write. I post about it. When 7,000 people show up and they give me a standing ovation, I show about it. When I'm delivering a breakout session in a conference and no one shows up to my breakout session, I take a photograph of the 150 empty seats and I post about it. Thought leadership, I think, is about really also being relatable. Does the, do the people that are following you and seeing your work, do they find you both a credible, trustworthy expert, but also do they like you? Do they like who you are as a person, not just as a, an anonymous you know, expert in your industry? I think it's important to show the whole profile of who you are because at the end of the day, people buy stuff from people they like. Mm-hmm. And the reputation and the brand that you build authentically will become your biggest asset when it comes to your thought leadership, not just your expertise, but do I also like this person, Scott Miller? Yeah, he's got chops on this and that topic, but would I want to have a beer in a backyard barbecue with him? Would I want to hire him as a, as a speaker and as a client? I think it's an important, important point to remember. Uh, keep your whole brand intentionally in mind as you're posting over the long term. When I say posting, of course, I mean a variety of ways in which you might use, you know, the different media channels at your disposal. Right. And I think when you say beer and a barbecue in the backyard, you really mean champagne and, and a very nice brunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Julie, it's funny. Uh, people that know me know that I, I enjoy a nice glass of champagne. And But at Franklin Covey, where I've been for 26 years, one of the one of the criteria we have when we hire people is we rate their barbecue factor, meaning not, not are they an extrovert or an introvert. We hire lots of people on different sides of that range. But, you know, would I enjoy hanging out with them? Would they be a good conversationalist? Do they ask good questions? Are they a know-it-all? Are they the smartest person in the room? Are they a good person to get to know? Are they more interested than they are even interesting? I think your barbecue factor is also a smart consideration when you're building your brand as a thought leader. I love that. That that really is a great uh, way to measure people when you're when you're trying to figure out if you want to hire them. And on top of that, I wanted to add, you want to make sure you got people who are going to be there to help clean up at the end. They're going to help man the grill. They'll refill the you know the the chip bowl when it gets empty without asking. Like that's th- those are some good uh, barbecue. Well said, Corey. Right, right. Your barbecue factor isn't about. Are you the life of the party jumping in the pool closed, right? It's just about do you, do you, do you know, like you said, do you know how to work a room? Do you know how to refill the chip bowl when your friend's chip bowl is empty, right? Do you bring interesting engagement and energy? It's all those things also as a thought leader. Yeah. Um, and, you, and, and lastly, do you know when to play big and do you know when to play small? And this is something I'm learning, Julie, because I kind of only play big. I'm this very charismatic, loud large person. And I've had to learn sometimes it's best for other people that I choose not to play big, but to play small to allow others to play big. And it's hard to, it's, 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 that's a process to learn that. One of the other things that is really great about your brand and, and Corey and I have been talking more and more about this recently. And we just recently had, um, some great guests on our podcast about um, this topic. You are a masterful storyteller, masterful. And you weave stories. You have a long play on stories that many people lack, right? So you, you, we ever, anybody who knows, you knows you, you are a little bit of a fan of 
Ralph Lauren polo, right? Their polo, like <laughs> you are a little bit of a fan of it. And what's amazing is, you know, since I've I've known you and and been engaging with you on social, like you you post about it, not not frequently, but but certainly you post about it. And then you continue to weave the story because recently you were in Florida visiting your parents and you took your sons to a, a polo store. And I laughed so hard because I'm like, it's just masterful storytelling. That's just a part of your brand. And you can, you can weave it through years and years of posts. And it's, it's really amazing. And people who know you feel connected to you because of that. That's gracious of you. It's an intentional strategy to build my brand as someone who could not afford polo as a middle-class boy in central Florida in the 80s. And I would look into these gorgeous stores and all these beautiful shirts and wanted them so desperately. And then for my birthday, my mom would take me to Marshall's and maybe buy me one of them in June for my birthday. And then maybe one of them at Christmas for my Christmas gift. And then so when I worked my you-know-what off for 30 years, I now am buying every damn polo in the store for me and my three sons. And they hate polo. They want to wear vans. But they know that they're living life vicariously through their father because I wanted to make good on that. So I hope people see those posts for what they are. Not a flaunting of success, but kind of, uh, of I've made it, mom and dad. Thanks for investing in me. Well, I'm just glad that you weren't getting those off brands like Dolo for your birthday. <laughs> or Hunt Club from JCPenney. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, we got to take a break here quickly. So uh, before we go, I'll just let everybody know if you want to connect with Scott, head on over to his website. It is scottjeffreymiller.com. And most of the social media is out there. It's at scottmillerj1 and all of the links and all that's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. One quick thing I want to say, when you go to Scott's uh, website, the one thing you must do is check out his about page, read his bio. It is the most hilariously written bio I've ever read in my life, yet somehow remains slightly more on the professional side, but it's fantastic. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. We absolutely adore you and love having you on. Anytime you're going to say yes to us, we're going to ask. Feeling is mutual. Thank you for the platform. All right. Have yep. A thanks. We, right. Yep. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with some gambling. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on The Voice America Channel. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. back to the people chaos everybody we had a great interview there uh if you missed it go back and listen with scott miller he always brings good knowledge entertainment good stories apparently a lot of gratitude that i missed Uh, (laughs) yes yes it amazes me sometimes i was like i knew i knew you weren't gonna say thank you i'm like is he even listening i said thank you at the end of the show (laughs) (laughs) You did. That's okay, though. That's what that's that's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens. One of us does. Exactly. (laughs) So let's jump into some hot sports talk. Let's do it. We uh, I uh, lost again. I'm just doing. I said you won. No, last week I lost. Oh, man. Yeah. You won last week. Your records. Your records. You're seven and one. Yeah, that is not reflective of my season. (laughs) It is not. And that's what really bothers me because i'm just like how is this possible that you know whatever i'm still in the positive i'm five and four uh for the year maybe, year maybe seven this and one. is maybe this is a strategy that we should employ next football season though is where just one game right and because they seem to do really well when i pick a single game sure pick one game go big also when you're on the spot because you never have your picks ready until first like right before the show i know you, you think too much I think that's true. I do too much research. Yes. I try to gain too much knowledge. Yes. (laughs) There is such thing. There uh, really is. So what do you got? So this week I'm going to go against my heart. I'm going to go against Michigan and Iowa is playing at Michigan tonight in men's basketball. And Iowa is a two point dog and I'm going to take Iowa. I think they're just going to win outright. So I will take Iowa to cover that two plus two. All right, and I am also going to do some college basketball today, and I've also got a Michigan team. I'm going to take Michigan State plus five and a half at Ohio State. Um, I no reason other than I 
that's the game I picked today. You hate Ohio State? <laughs> no, I don't really hate Ohio State, but uh, you should hate Ohio State. No, uh, the early money is on Michigan State, so I'm going to follow that, and I sure. think that uh, that um, line's going to drop. So get get that soon. And again, uh, all of our gambling information comes from Action Network. So if you're out there, Action Network, say hello, Chad. Yes, <laughs> we love you, Action. All right, um, let's do some headlines. Okay. So you want to you want to drop one first? You want me to go? Sure. So I'm going to start off with um, it's a bit of a rant. Um, Mm, I love Corey rants. So we a couple of months ago decided that we were going to write uh, uh, try and get some articles published. We wrote Mm -hmm. articles and uh, Forbes, Inc., et cetera. And and so we sent them out there and pretty much didn't hear anything, which is fine. I'm sure they get a ton of, of uh, submissions to, for articles, but mm-hmm. we put a lot of time and effort into this. Very mm-hmm. thoughtful, a lot of great information. We even it's, had them edited. We did. And so I was browsing the news and I'm on, was on Business Insider, which is one of the places where we uh, submitted uh, mm-hmm. uh, an article to. And I come across this, how to cancel your Netflix subscription, no matter how you subscribe to it. Why is that a Business Insider article? Do we have to just dumb down? Are we too smart for these people? Honestly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. Um, I, what is happening to the world? I don't know. Like, you know, I, for the longest time, I said that we are actively participating in the dumbing down of America. I no longer think it's the dumbing down of America. I think it's the dumbing down of the world. Like, how do you, how do you not know how to cancel Netflix? Didn't almost everyone cancel Netflix after their little, after that, what was it called? The cuties or, or whatever? Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. And like, I don't, like, that's, that's, how was that a Business Insider article? I don't get it. But anyway, let's move on. Okay. I have one. Okay. Um, Well, mine is all about Mark Zuckerberg, right? And if he's a robot or not. <laughs> because you know every picture you see of him he looks like a robot he's looking more and more like a robot all the time he looks a little bit like elon musk's ex-wife right like like an alien okay you know? like not a, it's not a real human being sure okay so anyway there was somebody um who recently interviewed zuck on um they're uh, on his podcast and literally made him do a um, captcha to prove that he's not a robot. So there was there were it was an in-person interview and he handed him a piece of paper with um, the with with traffic lights on it and asked Zuckerberg to circle the um the traffic lights that were on it and uh so it's lex lex friedman i believe is how you say his name um he asked him to prove he's not a robot by circling um traffic lights on a piece of paper (laughs) and i'm not a big fan of uh mark zuckerberg but to his credit he did show some personality because a he did it and and was able to laugh about it because it he is well aware of uh pretty much everything that goes on in the world because he's spying on everyone. Exactly. But uh, you know, he, he is well aware of the fact that everybody thinks that he's a robot. There's also a theory that he's uh, one of the lizard people who live in the core of the earth. 
Um, I would buy into that yeah, theory. I, I didn't know there was lizard people in the core of the earth, but I would buy into. Yeah, that. they're currently battling the mole men, I believe, but I don't. I don't know. There's. Just, I love you for knowing that. Um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I want to get into a couple other things, but I've got a fun fun article here. So um, at a high end hotel in San Francisco, uh, in like the, the lobby water cooler the you know where you can just go fill up a bottle water um they now have fish in their in the water cooler wait what yeah no that's not a real article oh. that, that's from the onion but i thought it was from the babylon bee no that's from the onion but i like i was reading and i was like no i could see this actually happening though like <laughs> it, it, i thought you were gonna say that in a high-end hotel in San Francisco, people were pooping on the lobby. No, floor. that's also happening too. But for somebody, there probably is a fish in one of their. their yes. Did you see the 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 um, headline from the Babylon Bee where everybody who posted the Ukrainian flag on their social media was going to get the Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> no, no, I didn't see that, but that's great. So. Um, let's move on. So I've got an interesting article here uh, that I mentioned at the beginning of the show about mindfulness and this comes from uh this was from the bbc and the title of the article how mindfulness can make you a darker person and so we have talked a bunch about mindfulness on our podcast Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those fun terms that everybody likes to throw around and you need to be introspective and meditate and take care of yourself and blah 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 the problem is all of that introspection in in short is making people more self-centered. So they did a study where people, they had people meditate and they had this theory where, or theory in this study um, where they imagined that that somebody gave them a hundred dollars to do something and they didn't do it. And so they owed that person a hundred dollars, but they kept the hundred dollars anyway, or asked them what they were going to do. And the people who were, asked to be mindful prior to the, the hypothetical were less likely to give that uh, imaginary hundred dollars back to the person that they had wronged than the group that was not mindful. So the idea is that being mindful is just making people self-centered egomaniacs. Interesting. Well, people are self-centered egomaniacs anyway, for the most part. So we're not helping society much. No, it's not. And, and it's just one of those things, I think, with this, with social media, with all of this mindfulness, with all this me, 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 me stuff going on, mm-hmm. nobody's out there trying, like, no, not nobody, but fewer and fewer people are out there actually working for others, working for the greater good. It's just, I'm going to do what's best for me mm-hmm. right now without thinking at all of any consequences down the road. Yeah. You know, that kind of reminds me of, you know, when I talk about like selfish thinking and whatnot and, and business related, I heard a story this morning where I was listening to a podcast, a news podcast, and they were talking about um, a, rel- I must say, reliably sourced news podcast. And they were talking about how, um, how much fraud occurred as a result of the pandemic, right? The government programs, the EIDL and the PPP. And um, they're estimating the amount of fraud to be in the billions sure. for for the the loans that were handed out, the PPP loans, and, and and like really really big fraudulent stuff that occurred that 
and not just like, you know, a little fraudulent where you fudged a number and you got an extra five grand. We're talking people who got millions of dollars and then went out and spent it on themselves, didn't even have businesses. And what, what they don't, what people don't think about is there were so many small businesses that went under over the last two years because they couldn't, they didn't have the financial means to stay open. And, and maybe sometimes it was just a matter of weeks or a couple of months worth of funding that they needed that was denied to them because some asshole out there is lying and taking, not some asshole, a lot of them. And it's just, it's maddening, right? They, I heard, I heard a stat today and I don't remember the exact stat. So I I hate that I'm going to try and quote it, but they, that the, the SBA processed in one day, the amount of loans that they normally process in 14 years. So it was ripe for fraud. Sure. And that goes back to what I think a thought leadership really is, despite what Scott said. Um, <laughs> what he got. No, but going back to just thinking about the consequences of whatever your action is. And, yeah. and as uh, as uh, you know, good as it the, the, the action is, we want to get these PPP loans out there. We want to get these small business loans. We want to keep all of these businesses afloat. As, as great as that is, you have to think, how is somebody going to steal from me? How is this actually going to backfire? The, the whole Affordable Care Act, when they launched that, they're like, oh, this is great. We're going to now force everybody to get health care, which means that it's going to help lower the cost for everybody. It's going to do all of these great things. And But they didn't think, oh, well, the younger generation who doesn't really need or want health care, they'll just pay the $500 fine and not get health care. And so it didn't work for that reason because they didn't think, how, how are people going to react to this? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's across, I mean, it's business, it's politics, it's all that. It's like, what are, how, how is this going to blow up in your face? And nobody ever thinks about that. Yeah. I know you, as you're building your restaurant out, you think about that. How can people steal from you? everybody? Like that's all people do in restaurants is try and steal from you, your vendors, your partners, your employees, your customers, random people, everybody just tries to steal from you. I know you sound jaded as hell, but that's that's a reality. So, all right, we need to wrap up. This was a really good show today. You did a great job today, Corey. Thanks for being the most amazing co-host ever. Thank you, Julie, for that gratitude. You were a great <laughs> co-host as well today. You're welcome. And if you want to learn more about us or follow us or do all anything related to us, Uh, You can find us at sbpace.com or on the Voice America Business Channel, Defeat the Chaos, and all of our links are right there. We have a great show planned for next week, and we cannot wait for everybody to tune back in. Have a great week. 